Hey guys, welcome to Words of Axe. My name is Axel Marie, and I hope you enjoy the episode. What's up, guys? It's Axe. Um, checking in. So, got a couple things in my mind. Not sure where to start, but I'll just start either way. I'm coming off uh, like a two-day big workout days, I guess. So, for some of you guys that don't know, I'm training for my first triathlon coming up September 8th. And that's going to be in Madison, Wisconsin. But I've been training down here in South Florida, Fort Lauderdale area, dying in this heat. But either way, um, the other day I had a 56-mile bike ride, which I hit. And um, that was a accomplished for me. I never biked that far before, which is kind of funny to think, but I never did. And um, I, my, legs, my legs felt pretty good afterwards. You know, I felt them, but they weren't, like, bad. And then um, the very next day... I had a run. I had a 13 mile run, 13.1 mile run, and um, that right there was hard. Like I, I ran a marathon. Uh, I've done half marathons. I've done trail half marathons and stuff. But um, yesterday it was like close to 100 degrees down here and super humid. So like within the first mile out, I was like, yo. It's kind of hard to breathe, you know. And really going out there, I thought my legs were gonna be sore. But my legs, they were fine. They held up, you know what I mean? And um, by the time I got to, like, mile six, I was, like, really, really dying of heat. And my rookie ass didn't bring any water or anything. So I'm literally, like, running shade to shade, you know, and just trying to sit in the shade, wait for the sun a couple minutes. All right, go back. And um, I literally started doing that probably at, like, before mile six, it was probably like mile four or something. And um, it was a mission. And then finally, like mile seven, those are Walgreens. And I, I go in there, I got a bottle of water. I drank some water and I kept running. I did it, whatever it is. Um, mile 11, my legs were kind of shot, but we kept going. I had to like walk and, and run at that point because I was just dying of heat. And um Whatever, long story short is I finished it. And then today I had a lift. And I feel good. My body my body feels fine. Yesterday it was probably hard when I first got back for like the first hour or so. My body was like in shock. I was dehydrated, whatever. But I recovered. I felt good. But I'm just saying all that just to let you know I feel pretty good today. And I was thinking about a few things today. So I always talk about... Um, you know, kind of like the middle road and the balance of everything. And as a kid, I remember this quote, like reading it was like an old Bruce Lee quote where he talked about like um, he's not afraid of the man who practices 10,000 moves, but the man who practices one move 10,000 times. And then um, today I caught like a glimpse of like 
Kobe stuff. Kobe's doing some dope work with Mamba Sports uh, training. That's like my world. But um, he was talking about he has like the balanced player camp, you know, of like being a, a balanced player, a threat in every single aspect, you know, offense, defense, multiple ways. You're not just a shooter. You're not just a, a defensive guard. And you can't just pass. You can't just shoot. You can't just dribble. You can do all three, right? You can do everything. You can block. You could run. And it had me thinking about it. And I was like, yo, I used to really believe that Bruce Lee thing, you know, and how it kind of goes into a lot of people talking about a jack of all trades, right? Master of none. They say that. Or um, you got to specialize this and that or find your your, neat, your niche. And um, I don't believe that. OK, so I believe the ones that, that are great, they um, they don't have this one thing that they're great at, but they just do a lot of things well, you know, and they're pretty much great at a lot of things, you know, but it's not that they just dominate in one thing. And then uh, that led me to. A bunch of like Jay-Z, I've been, my playlist is always music, working out, running, just chilling, whatever it is. I listen to audio books here and there when I run for long runs, but I I love Jay-Z. Anybody who knows me knows I love Jay-Z. And um, I was thinking about it, you know, how like, yo, this dude just crossed uh, the billionaire mark, right? Of having more than a billion dollar net worth. And when you think about it, it's like, yo, was he really like the greatest like lyricist? Was he really the greatest rapper? Was he really the, the greatest beats or whatever it is? Uh, I don't know. Everybody can make that argument, you know, but really, I just think he was great at a lot of things. It wasn't just music, you know, like music. He's dope. He's good at music. And then business. He's like in so many different aspects. Right. So and so many things from, you know, buying um, title from like a, a German company and building it and creating that platform for other people and creating that other business there. And then uh, getting a deal with like Sprint and releasing stuff there with them or getting a deal with Galaxy or um, his liquor or clothing that he did in the past. Like there's so many different avenues that he did like this, right? And it's not like... Uh, it's not like he's great at just one thing or whatever it is. It's more like, yo, he dabbled in a bunch of things. This man had a basketball team. He brought a basketball team to Brooklyn, you know, and it's kind of like, yo, this man, when you, when you think of like great, it's great because he did so many different things well at a high level, you know, consistently. And that's what a balanced player is. That's what a balanced act is. That's what being great is, really. Being great's not that, yo, I specialize in this one thing and I kick everybody's ass in this. Nah, being great, the hard part is that, yo, you do a lot of things really well. And even though you do all those things really well, there's still somebody in all those things that can beat you. There's still somebody in all those things that, you know... um, can make an argument of being better than you at those things, but they can't do everything you're doing. That's the difference, you know, and you got to be able to be in the middle of that and still like, yo, it don't matter. You know, I'm still going. But the whole point in all that, it's not even about like the result or anything like that. It's more it's more about like the process. Right. So why are you so good at all these things? You know, why are you consistently getting these results all around that makes you great. 
That's because, hey, you could sit in the middle of this and no matter what, your mindset doesn't change. You're still learning. You're still trying. You're still failing. You're still experimenting, you know, and you don't get discouraged with like this fixed mindset. So um, it's funny because I heard this lady talking about it today and it took me back a couple years ago. I read that book um, when it first came out with um, Dr. Carol Dweck. Where it's called mindset. She talks about a fix and a growth mindset, right? And how, like, really, as a culture, as a globe, you have this thing where um, people, like in school, you have like the smart kids, the dumb kids, whatever it is. You're gifted, so you're going to this gifted class. You're just smart, you know. And at an early age, you start um, putting these um, labels on these kids. And you start telling them that, oh, you're smart, you know, and you reward them off of being smart. And then they grow up and or they have like one thing that hits them hard in the face and they don't know what to do because, yo, I'm smart. I shouldn't fail this test or I'm smart. I shouldn't be feeling like this. Right. But it's like, yo, that's what happens when that's what you're you're rewarding. That's what you're driving, you know, as opposed to. The other side where, yo, I'm driving and rewarding effort, you know, like, yo, this man is putting in the work. This man is trying. Yeah, it doesn't mean he's great. That doesn't mean he's, um, you know, perfect. That doesn't mean he's smart. Doesn't mean he's dumb either, but he's working. And that has to be the difference. That has to be the mindset. The mindset is not about where you are or what you have. It's always about what you're doing right now, you know, what kind of effort are you putting in? That's really what it is. And there's no, there's no, nothing that beats that. You know, it's not about talent. It's not about being born great, this and that. It's more about how much work are you putting in right now? How much effort? When I say work, I mean effort. When you're faced with a big overwhelming challenge of like, yeah, I want to build this business or I want to break this barrier and do this thing that nobody's ever done. You know, how much effort are you putting in that or does it stop you? Where are you when that when you face that? That's the difference. That's the mindset that you bring in everything. And that's what makes you great. So that's what being great is to me. Being great is really just being able to consistently have this mindset and this standard that you abide by. You know, that, yo, it's not about whether I I suck or I'm great at this and that. Of course, naturally, some things come easier to you than others. But no matter what it is, I'm putting the same kind of effort to make it better. You know what I mean? I'm still trying to sharpen it in every way. And, and that's what you do consistently. Yo, I'm sharpening this axe here. I'm sharpening this one here. I'm sharpening that one there. And you're doing that everywhere consistently and going, you know, and... Um, as you keep doing that, you realize like you get a flow of all of it. And it's not that um, you have the sharpest axe in all these areas, all these different arenas, but your axe is pretty sharp in every single one. And now instead of having like one great big axe that's super sharp that could chop a tree, which most likely does not exist, first of all. Secondly, you have 
10 very sharp ones that could do the job on all of them. And when you use them all together, they're even more powerful. So that's what being great is. Being great is putting all these pieces together. It's about like, hey, I, um, I work out, I eat well, I read, I write, um, I, I'm social, I go out, I meet people, I help strangers, I um, explore things that I'm afraid of, I try things that I'm not good at, I'm vulnerable, I'm, um, I'm stable, yet I'm still very um, on edge and ready to go. You're all of these things all at once. And that's what great is, you know, and it's uh, it's really about like a, a matter of conquering all your fears in different arenas. And that's really all you have to like control. You don't need to control anything else because at the end of the day, people are scared of things. They're scared of what they can't control or they're scared of what what might happen or scared of what they don't know or scared of what's different. And all the reason behind that is because they just don't know it. You know, and if you don't know it, you can't really control it. So that's why we have all these different things in play. And that plays on every level, whether that's, you know, um, you want to go into like history or people or, or governments or whatever it is. It's more like, hey, we don't know how these people respond or how they are. So we got to find a way to control them, because if this gets out of control, you know, it's something crazy. But hey, let that fear drive everybody else. Don't let it drive you. Don't let them put that on you. That's the most important thing. You can't let other people put their fears on you. That's the biggest thing. And you already have your own fears. Now you're going to add somebody else's fears on top of yours? Nah, so now you're not even sure what's going on. You, you, you're not even sure if you're really dealing with your fears or some other fear that somebody put on top of your fear. So it's about... Clearing that out, right? And just attacking every aspect of your life. Find that process that works. You know, and once you dial into that process, you could take that same process and apply it to every single aspect of your life. And I guarantee you, you're going to succeed in every one. If success or succeeding is a word or a thing that we want to think of, right? But it's really just a process. It's more like, hey, I know the process of getting better and getting over this hump. And that's what I have to do here. I know the process of getting financially healthy and out of debt. So I took this. I applied it here. And I'm going to take the same process, the same effort that it took to get out of debt to build wealth. I'm going to take the same effort and energy that it took to get out of debt and build wealth to get my health right. And I'm going to take that same process and energy to learn how to eat well and, and feel well. And that process, that process is really sitting back, um, analyzing exactly where you at objectively. And then from there, you get a strategy in place and you move and you take action. You go, you put the effort in to do it consistently and you work it and you fail at it, then you tweak it a little bit and boom, you get a little more results and you fail at it again. Then you tweak it another way and it moves and then you fail at it again and then you keep tweaking until you keep moving and moving and moving. And that process never stops. It doesn't get to a point where it's like, I, I did it. I'm done. You know, I tweaked it. I found a perfect mix, whatever it is. 
Perfect doesn't exist. Like, get that out of your mind. That's the biggest thing. Like, we all think this perfect thing, you know, this and that. Get that out of your mind. It's it's wabi-sabi. That's the Japanese philosophy. They talk about, like, the, the art of imperfections, right? Of how you find the beauty in imperfection. How that's really perfect. Um, I can't remember what book it was I was reading a couple months ago, but he said something where it was like... Um, this guy was um, talking to his daughter, right? His daughter was like setting up. She was working on a project or whatever it is. And um, or it was something like fixing her desk. I don't know what it was. Something of that nature. And um, and she was like, uh, it was like the, the pen case or the, the pencil case was like out of place or something, right? And she's like, she told her dad, well, no, nah, it's not perfect, this and that. You know, and um, he told her, he was like, you know, the problem is you only have one way for things to be perfect and a million ways for it to be wrong. And that's where you need to switch. You need to have multiple ways for it to be perfect and less ways for it to be wrong. When you switch that perspective, when you switch that thought and you think of like, hey, there's a million ways this could this could be perfect, then you're going to find happiness or greatness or control or less stress and fear a lot more than if you were to think of the one way it has to be and all these other ways are not perfect, you know, and you got to flip that upside down because that's what the world wants you to think. But if you look at it, right, if you really look past all these things, you want to say, hey, um, this is the route you take, the perfect route you take to become a professional athlete. And it's like, wait, is that really it? There's only one route because there are thousands or even, I don't know, millions of professional athletes in the world and they all have a different path. But why is this perfect? Why is that not perfect? There's a million ways for that to be perfect. Same thing for people who um, got out of debt or people who are financially successful. There's a million ways for you to do it. There's a million perfect ways. And that's what you got to remember. There's not one perfect way. There's a million perfect ways. So, so long as you have one of those million perfect ways, you're good. Or have 10 of them. But it's not just one, you know? It's not one way that sets it for you. They, um, it's pretty much all these paths are different doors to the same house. And that's what it is. So don't worry about, you know, this path or that path, or it has to be perfect, this and that. Worry about the process. The process is getting through the door. The process is getting in the house. So whatever it is, we're going to get in the house. We're going to get through the door. That's, that's what we're doing. And that's what you have to remember. That's the mindset you bring in everything you do. That mindset is what carries you. That mindset is what you apply in everything. And even though I say mindset, it's so much more than that at the same time. Because that effort is not just going to be mentally to have the mindset. That effort is going to be the same thing physically and even more important spiritually. You got to be able to like cleanse your spirit and clarify your spirit. So you can focus that energy on where you want it to be.
It's really that simple. If your if your spirit is here, there, nowhere, then that's where it's always gonna be. You know, if it's not right here in this, fully engaged and going, then you're not gonna get it. You're not gonna have that effort that you could have. You know, and I go back to um, earlier this week where I was telling you I had the 56-mile bike and the 13-mile run um, and then the lift today. And I was telling Kaylin, my fiance, where it's like, yo, you're literally a different person when you address these things. When like, hey, you face this and you go. You know, you're, you're a completely different person when you put in, put out that effort and put in that work, completely different person. Like in that moment, you're a completely different person. Do that every moment. You have a completely different life. And that's really what it is. It's about the moment. It's not about yesterday, tomorrow, later on today. No, it's about this moment. You think of anytime you have something, it's this moment. At this moment, I'm right here. I have this in front of me. And this is the effort that I'm putting in this moment. And if you could cleanse your, cleanse your mind, cleanse your body, cleanse your spirit, and just focus all of that on this moment, the amount of energy that you bring to that is so powerful. Like you can't, you can't deny that. That's something people feel. People see it. People get intimidated by that because it's so real. You know, and their their fake energy is scared by that. So that's why you get some hate for it. That's why you get people that, that don't like you, that don't like your energy, because their energy, your energy, you know, shakes their energy. And it's such a high vibe and powerful vibe that they get intimidated by it. They're like, yo, why don't I have that energy? And it's not even about that. You know, if they could see past it, they realize that that energy is just pure authentic and you just um it's all love it's more inviting than frightening but if you're not sure of yours you're not going to be able to recognize it so you have to be able to be there in the moment the people don't that don't recognize it is cuz they're not there they're not there in that moment they're not there in that energy so that's it you know i'm somewhere else i'm in my mind of Oh, whatever. This person thinks they're like this, or this energy is like this, or this is fake. So they're they're somewhere else. They they can't even recognize what's in front of them because they're not in the moment. And that happens to everybody. You have different seasons, different times for all of this. You know, so you have to understand that. And that's why in this moment, this season of this moment, you gotta be able to just accept it for exactly what it is, where people are, how they are when they are, where they are. And you just have to be right here in this moment. And if you could do that, and if if you could live that, and you apply that process in everything you do, and don't, don't let the fear make you attract more fear or think too big about something, um, then you got it. Then you go. Then you take that step. Then you take the next step. Two of my favorite things. One, um, I say that fear makes you think too big, right? This is something that I read from um, Mel Robbins. And 
I love this because she talked about how like, hey, sometimes fear makes people think too big, right? So she was talking about one guy who he wanted to, he loved wine. He wanted to get in the wine industry. And he would be like, okay, um, he's going to contact this person about getting a lease here for this space that he saw. And okay, he contacts them. Cool. You know, that's a small thing. I could do that. I could get that info. And then he gets that info and that number. And then now all of a sudden he's thinking about, okay, well, um, if it's this and then I get this for the inventory, this for this and to build it like this is going to cost this and that. And then, wait, I still have these things here, but how am I going to do this? Or wait, um, what about marketing? I got to have marketing for it too. It's going to cost that. Uh, and then, you know, this time comes, I still have this. And then when uh, I want to get it to a distributor or do this, I need to have this. And then now all of a sudden you went from the one small thought of just, hey, what would it cost me to have this space into, hey, um, what does it cost me to have a, a full out winery of 100 people? You know, and then when I look at that, that winery of 100 employees or whatever it is, that's going to cost me a couple hundred thousand or maybe a million, whatever it is you want to say in there for the way I want it. And that right there is going to freeze you as opposed to just saying, hey, this space right here costs fifteen hundred dollars a month. Okay, well, maybe I could find a different space that costs twelve hundred or maybe I could fit this perfectly and, you know, cut this cost here by leasing this amount or whatever it is, you know. But that fear right there just made you think so much bigger. And then you got in that inflated, bigger thought and you got lost and you got frozen. You got even more scared. So now whenever that thought comes back, that's where you take it. And then you can't even get past the first little step because you're scared it's going to take you that far. And that's something that you have to recognize, you know. And, and that's why I love like one of my all time favorites, uh, Will Smith. He, uh, he used to talk about like um, for about a year and a half, him and his little brother would go and, uh, in front of his dad's store and they had to build a wall brick by brick, literally. You know, like after school, walk in there and you're just placing the brick, placing the brick, placing the brick all night long. Okay, finish, do your night, homework, whatever it is. Next day, go to school, come back, place that brick. And it took them a year and a half to build this wall brick by brick. And he talks about like people think of it like a figurative wall that he built, you know, how he never set out to build this huge wall or anything. He just set out to place this one brick as perfect as this one brick can be. And that was it, you know, and then, OK, I placed this perfect brick here. That's as good as a brick can be placed. And I'm going to do the same process again. So he didn't really think about, hey, this is um the route I have to take to build a, a wall or anything. It wasn't even about the wall. It was just about the process of laying a brick. This is how you lay a brick. Okay. And I, you know, first time I did it, it was a little crooked. Second time it was a little better, but this one was chipped or this and that, whatever it is. So you tweak it every time until you have your process. And then when you have your process, 
you repeat that process on every brick. And then you build that wall. You build that, you know, structure. You build that foundation that you wanted. And that's the same thing in everything. It's like, hey, um, to have a uh, real estate business, I need to do X, Y, and Z every time. And that's the process. You know, I got to go out and introduce myself and meet people and show them how I can add value to them. So this is how I do that. I do that by going to where people are and I talk to them. You know, whether that means I go to, um, I have a gym membership where I know a lot of people go to and people that always buying houses, whatever it is. And I go there and I just talk to them. That's the process. I talk to them, get to know them. So when they think about moving or, you know, buying a house or selling a house, they think of me. That's all it is. And, and that's my process. And then they call me and this is the process I take them through and I give them even more value than they expected. This is my process. And these people send me these people, these people send me those people. And all of a sudden I have this whole pool of people that I have here. How? That's my process. That's all it is. You know, and that process takes time to figure out and experiment. But if you're not doing the work, if you're not going and doing it, then yeah, you're going to be mad. You're not going to be there. You're going to be thinking too big. And that too big thinking is only going to frighten you. So it's uh, it's more about, you know, sometimes we have like this fear that like pushes people to act. And then sometimes you have this this dream, this process that just pulls you forward. And that's ultimately where you want to get to. That fear could push you to get started. That's really great. You know, it's like, shit, uh, I don't want to be on my ass right here. I don't want to be living with cockroaches. I'm scared of being like this or I'm scared of being like these people or the way my family grew up or my parents, whatever it is. You can say all these different things and let that push you out. Let that push you to get out of your comfort zone. But after a while, that fear is only going to push you so far until you fall back in it and it's going to push you out again. You're going to fall back in it and you're going to repeat that same pattern and get frustrated. So let that fear push you out and then get your process, get your your dream, get your clarity to pull you to where you want to go. And when you have that process moving of like, yo, this is the type of person I want to be. This is the kind of life I want to have. This is the kind of life I want to lead. So that means every moment in this moment, I have to do X, Y, and Z. This is how I go about things. This is how I respond to things. Then let that pull you. And it pulls you. And then it's just going. It's going. All right, repeat it. You know, in this area, I do it. In that arena, I do it. In all these different avenues, I do this. So overall, in my whole life, This is my process of what I do, period. And all of a sudden you see you have all these different seeds planted and all these things growing and all these areas are great. You know, you're able to like build this first company and have people run it for you. Now you could be just a shareholder. You know, you could sell a portion of the company here, sit on the board, help make these decisions on it and have other people run it for you. And now I go and do the same thing here on this arena. You're not a technician. You can't stay in that 
role in that business your whole life. You got to get out of it and learn how to work on businesses and not in businesses. That's the biggest thing. That's the biggest like challenge. You know, that's the biggest thing, the biggest shift. So um, I think it was Michael Gerber. He has uh, the E-Myth. And I remember reading this book when I started my first business, right? And I thought of that. I thought of like, yo, I have to find a way to like work on the business, not in the business. And I had a training business. Me and my fiance, we started this training company. It wasn't something that like we planned on doing. It wasn't something that like we mapped out and did. What really happened was, A, uh, we were both working at this company and this company, um, I had been there maybe like two and a half years, going on three years. And... um, I slaved away at that company. I'm talking about I used to run to work or I'd have like my sister. My sister would drop me off at like four in the morning at this gym, right? Because I didn't have a car. And um, literally in the freezing cold in the Midwest, Green Bay, Wisconsin, she would drive me there and drop me off in the morning some days. And um, literally I'd be there all day and then I'd walk home or I'd run home. I used to walk. I used to have... This uh, there was this Mexican place, and uh, I used to go eat a burrito there because they had these huge burritos, and uh, that would be my one meal for the day because I didn't have no money to eat anywhere else, and that burrito was about seven dollars, so it was perfect. It's like all right, uh, I'm there at four thirty in the morning. I'm gonna go eat there around like three p.m. and I'm good. You know that means I went through most of the first half of the day. I'm good. I'm hydrated, drinking a whole lot of water. I'm just meeting people. I have no clientele. I have no people I know there. The only people I know in town are my sister, my niece, and my nephew. Okay? That's the only people I knew in the town. And um, I was there, and I had to slave away, right? So I'm there, and then finally, I finally built up a little clientele, started earning just a little bit there, and then... When I finally bid up this clientele where I actually have a little bit of money coming in, even though I'm working at this gym, uh, the gym comes and says that, hey, you have to sign this contract and have X, Y, and Z, you know? And I was like, yo, this is not fair, you know? Like, literally, I slaved my ass over here, and now basically you want to tell me you own everything that I do and did. I get you gave me this opportunity here, and I'm grateful for it. But I don't know if I can move forward with this, you know. So I really, I was there. I was hurting. You know, it took me a couple of days there. I, I didn't answer him. I didn't tell him anything. And then um, one night I'm over there running. And um, the manager at the time, she was like, hey, you, you got to sign this paper. You got to let me know. You know, I was like, all right, look, I'm going to run and I'll come and talk to you. So I got on a treadmill. I ran. I think we were running like six miles or something that day. I don't even think I finished it because literally that's all I was thinking about. And the next morning, I have a full list of clients, right? And um, she told me, she was like, hey, um, it's either you sign it here or you can't train tomorrow. So I'm like, all right, let me run and I'll talk to you. So I ran it and then uh, I finished my run. And I went in there and I told her, hey, um, I'm not going to be here. You know, if I have to sign this or I can't train tomorrow, I'm not training tomorrow because I'm not going to sign it. I can't sign it. And I left. And that was it. And there was no word spoken to me. Nothing that she said. Literally nothing. 
So I walked out. I sent an email to the owners of the place, told them like, hey, this is what happened. This is where it is. Thank you for everything. But I got to go. You know, I can't do it. And that was that. And then it wasn't like, okay, this is the plan to build this business. Nah, there was none of that. It was more like, all right, look, now how are we going to eat? You know, I literally had to call. I had a list of people that I was training the next day from like 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. straight. And I just had to call them and tell them, hey, um, this happened. I won't be in. I won't, you know, for this. I'm sorry to, you know, let you down right now, but I'll find a way to help, you know, find a way to figure this out, whatever it is. And the amount of people that were like supportive and ready to help was insane. It was crazy. Right. You actually think they get mad at you. And the people that that I was like working with there, they got mad at me for leaving. Right. Like the people that I slaved away in or with. Right. Um, But okay, that's cool. So we built this business. We ended up finding a space. We did this thing, had this deal. It was probably, not probably, it is till today, probably the worst deal I ever had with like the setup because I came in unleveraged. You know, I had nothing and I just said, yeah, whatever, you know, I'll take it. You know, you want to get paid this, I'll find a way to pay you that value no matter what. And it wasn't like I had nothing to leverage it with. So I just took it and I had, I knew, I knew that I was putting myself in a bad position from the start. And that's a big learning lesson, but it is what it is that I, I take that. That was my, that was my big lesson. And what followed through it was that me being unleveraged the whole time was, um, was what was hurting my business the most. Cause where I was working, it was a great place, great facility, but they're pretty much stealing everything I had, you know, or trying to like control everything I had. I, they would like tell me you need to expand like this and like that. But then when I try to go a certain route, they uh, try to lock you down because it's not something they can control or they don't get a full piece of, you know. So, OK, that's fine. You know, and that goes into where I was learning how, hey, you're you're a great technician. You're a great um, trainer. You're a great coach, whatever it is, you and your fiance doing this here. And, um, but you got to be able to get out of it and work on it. You know, you can't, you can't be doing both. You, you kind of have to, when you start, but you can't be doing both. So my fiance and I were literally battling, you know, she left that business, the, the company that uh, we were working with about like maybe a week or two afterwards, after me. And, um, we were just, you know, hanging out really close at the time, getting to know each other. And uh, she took so much heat from it, you know, from people not noticing her to when um, when when I leave. And um, she had already been like helping me with a lot of my clients. I'll like push them on her. She would come train with me, everything, pick it up. So it was great. And when um, when I left there completely, it was all of a sudden like, yo, they saw that this is the only person that could like pick up where he left, right? Or pick up or give them a chance to hold the clientele that I had so they don't leave. So what they do, they start boosting it, right? Like, oh, you've been doing a great job. You know, I've been seeing your work lately. It's great. And um, okay, that's cool, you know? And she noticed it. She knew what's up. And two weeks later, 
we said, hey, uh, I was like, hey, we'll find a way to do this, you know, and we found this space, this spot. And I told her, I was like, hey, look, there's no roadmap here. There's no like guide to how to do this or where we're going. We just got to go and we got to do it. You know, there's no whatever it is. But I promise you that I'm here with you and I'm going to do this with you, period. You know, there, there's no anything else. I told her, I can't guarantee that this thing is going to work. I can't guarantee that everything's going to be great, but I can guarantee that I'm going to be in it with you all the way, you know, and we're just going to do this. If you come with me, we're here. And, you know, I don't know. That's how, you know, um, I got to marry this girl because the faith that she had in that moment and all the pressure and stuff that she was feeling and she took that leap of faith. And she went in there and told them that she was leaving and quitting. We didn't have no money. We didn't have anything set, whatever it is. We just had this hope and this belief that, hey, we're going to figure it out. And we went out and we did it. There was no business plan, no nothing. We started drawing stuff up and uh, finding ways to do it. And that's what happened. That's how we did it. You know, so fast forward. First year. Uh, we break six figures. Great. You know, like, hey, well, you know how we did that. And then next year, we gained 40%. Then the following year, we made an extra 10% on top of that. So it was great, right? But ultimately, it was uh, the same pattern here. Now it's like, hey, um, you're not working on the business. You're working in the business, And throughout this whole time, it was more about like, hey, this person having leverage on you because I knew we got into a bad deal of where we were. And I just kept taking the crap because I was like, yo, I don't have another option right now. I got to do this. And that was a big lesson for me today. And I'm grateful for it. Like, hey, even though it was a horrible deal on my aspect, there was a whole lot of plus from it, too. Like this same person um, that was leveraging us like that. Like we learned a lot from, them, you know, and there was a lot of love given either way, you know, so it's not good or bad. It's just it is what it is. And that's cool. I'll take it. You know what I mean? But ultimately, it's moving from that and recognizing like, yo, it's OK. Um, this leverage shit, it, it doesn't last forever here. And I don't have to do this this way, you know, and in order for me to build something bigger or grow, I have to get out of this deal. So about a year ago now, I um, I wrote this letter to all our clients and I told them my decision to leave there and how Kayla and I were going to move to something else and do something else. So I sent it to him and then my landlord there, I told him all of this, you know, and at that time that I told him, this was after we like restructured how we were operating, how much we were paying, everything. And it was actually a lot better. It was like a quarter of what we were paying fully to them. And it was actually a great time for us because, hey, we we're actually getting a little extra income now, you know, so you would think we should stay and actually keep doing it. But it was more like that moment where I realized like, hey. Um, this is good. This this is great. We got out of this, 
but you don't have to keep dealing with this crap. You know, it's time to move a different way and really be true to yourself, right? How do you really want to move these next couple of years? How do you really, where do you really want to go? What do you really want to do? And I knew that this is it right here. This is what I want to do. I want to, I love businesses. It's great. And it hurts to be like, hey, that was my first business and I left it, you know, and that's how it ended. But at the same time, it's um, it's a blessing and a beauty. The amount of growth I gained in that moment and the amount of failures I had in that moment and the, the vision that I gained from all that and the insight, you know, and the people that I met and the people that I work with and how all of them supported me and all this. There's a lot of people that like you thought were close to you and they turned their back on you real quick. And there's a lot of people that you knew were there, but you found out they were really there when things got tough or when you made those transitions, you know, and how like they could put their egos or situations aside and still root for you and, you know, just support you in a certain way. That was a big lesson from that and how it's all about people. Right. We've always known that, but we felt that in that moment. So that's a true moment. That's great to me. And ultimately, I know I got off of it, of um, being great or business, but it all ties together because these lessons are so intertwined. They're in every aspect of your life. And you have to be able to take that same process that you took and go, you know, and apply it in every area. So my take was, hey, I built, I literally came to this place, this town, this city with uh, no car, $500 in my pocket that my brother gave me when I was leaving. Literally, I had no money. I had $500 that my brother gave me to, to go there, you know? And um, I want to say my sister bought me a plane ticket with my, and um, I flew out there. One-way ticket, surprised my niece and nephew, and um, literally, my brother gave me $500, and that's what I had there. And for the first two months, I had no job. I was running places. I was running there to um, you know, apply places, this and that. Got to the point where my sister was like, yo, what are you doing? You just going to stay here and not do anything, blah, blah. And I was like, yo, I'm trying. I got nothing. And I, I would go to this place and just sit there. And I sat there for two months every day until they actually gave me an interview. And I got the interview and got the job. And that's how I built. And that fast forwarded to, hey, this business that made some money here for me. And I lived and I got a fiance. I got a three bedroom house. I got um, a car. I got this and that, whatever, all this material shit that does not matter, you know, but the process, the process of, yo, walking there everywhere to deciding I'm leaving like this, period. And that same process, you take in everything and you make it great and you improve on it. You tweak it. So now that I went through the process, I literally came back to South Florida and, yo, literally Everything I had, I gave it away. I put it away. You know, like, hey, you had this opportunity to build like this and that. Smart, dumb, horrible decision, great decision. Doesn't matter. The point is, okay, I learned this. And and that right there is the best tool that you have. And now I'm tweaking it. 
Now I'm going through the process. I got certain things set, certain bricks that I know how to put it. And I'm just tweaking it so I can make it a little more perfect because I got a million ways for it to be perfect. And right here, this is one way. And that's how we doing it. And that's what greatness is. That's how you become great. That's how you are great. So we all have that ability and that potential in us. But you have to be able to take that step and do it. And you can't worry about what other people are thinking or how they're doing things or how to interpret things. You just got to go and do your thing, period, and be great. Being great is not not failing. Being great is accomplishing all those failures. Being great is, hey, um, I'm moving forward through every, quote, failure. Because basically, I just earned such a valuable lesson here that I won this experience. And when I get to this arena right here, I'm going to kill it because I got this experience here. I'm molded. I'm sharpened. I'm ready to chop this. So fast forward. I get this job at this big corporation that I'm at right now. And hey, we got this kind of schedule. Yo, that schedule does not phase me. Why? Bro, me and Kaylin, we used to be in there at 5 a.m., 6 a.m. It don't leave till about 7, 8 p.m. And then you might have some time to eat in between there at like one or two. But that's it. And then you going. You know what I mean? You're there all day. And the, the worst thing about it is that, hey, you might be there all day. Somebody might not show up and somebody might show up. And either way, you're not guaranteed to get paid. You're not, you know, but you, you still got to show up there and work. And then we had um, Kaylin's brother, my dog Kayla. He came. He was working with us for maybe 18 months or so. And it was kind of like, bro, we're trying to eat. You know, we're trying to like make this work and we want to help you. We want you to grow with us. And all right, let's do it. You bought it. And it was kind of like, hey, um, whether we make the money or not, we got to find a way to pay you. You know, and we paid them the little that we paid them. We paid them what we could. You know, some were better than others. Some some were not. But it is what it is. It's like, hey, there's no like cash flow coming here, this and that. It's like, hey, if you don't sell something, if you don't do X, Y, and Z, there's no income coming in here, period. You know, and hey, if I don't sell something, there's no way I could pay anyone here. So I know that whether I'm here or not, I have to sell something so I can keep this afloat and keep this going. And that's a, a constant battle and challenge in, in a whole nother arena. Now, fast forward, uh, first day on the job here, um, you have all these benefits. You got 23 days off. You got um, this amount in a health savings. You got this retirement. You got uh, this pay. You get this bonus, this and that. I was like, say what? We ain't even do nothing. You know, the first, uh, you have to go through like a, a whole two-month training thing. And like they're paying you through the training. They're paying you to learn their systems pretty much. And you have benefits while you're in there. You got sick days. You got off days. Um, you um, The holidays while you're training, you get off. You um, 
it don't matter. You know, at the end of the day, every two weeks, you're going to get a paycheck, this and that. It was like, damn, it's really that easy? Like, I could, I could work twice as long than I do here and not get paid. And you're telling me I just got to be in here clocking 40 hours and I'm going to get paid no matter what? Okay, cool, you know? And uh, this is my base salary. That means no matter what, so long as I'm here, this is why I get paid? Cool. And if I sell, then I get this? Okay, cool. You know, so I'm ready to go. People talking about they tired, they work is too much, this and that. And it was like, all right, cool. So that lesson that I just learned just helped me come here and build this process on this. So what do I do? I go at it. I learn the system. You know, I make sure I I certify. I make sure I go to um, the biggest gate they have. I make sure I eat. I make sure I work. You know what I mean? And you're putting all these things. You're putting all the process. I'm in here. Hey, I, I got to work out. I got to save. I got to pay off my debt. I got to... Um, I got to read. I got to write. I got to record my podcast. I got to share this. I got to help people. I got to pray. I got to go to church. I got to spend time with my girl. I got to communicate with my family. Got to reach out to my nephew who I don't reach out enough to. I got to do this. I got to do that. And doing all of those things, it doesn't mean you're doing all of them better than everyone else, but you're doing all of these at a high level. You know, you're performing well at all these levels. And that's what makes you great, period. So don't think that you got to master one thing and be like this expert and the best ever because you could perfect this craft and this art all by yourself, this and that. Nah, that's not true, okay? Get that out of your head. You be great at everything you do. You learn how to bring the same effort, energy, focus, intensity in every different avenue of your life. And that's what you perfect. And when I say perfect, there's no one way to perfect that. That's not the you have to be up at five o'clock running, exercising, reading, doing this and that. No, there are a lot of commonalities in all these perfect ways. However, there's no perfect way for it. As long as you get the way into the house, into that door and get there. That's all that matters. And ultimately, you realize like that house, that door is gratitude, it's love, it's peace, it's stillness. And you find your path to that. You find your path to God. There's a million ways to get there, but you have to get there to God. That's ultimately where you're going. That's where the house is. You know, that's where that spirit is. That's the that's the nucleus. And it's... um. You go through all these routes just to get you home. That's really all it is. You're going through all these just to get you home. And people are saying, you have to do this. You have to be this way. You have to be that way or do this. Why? No, I don't have to be any of these ways. I can be any way I want. All these ways are perfect because at the end of the day, all these ways take me to the same house. There are different doors, but we're all going to the same house. That's all it is. We're all going to the same house. So as I close this out, that's what I want you to remember. Wabi-sabi. 
the art of imperfection, right? The beauty in imperfection. There's no perfect way and there's no perfect way to be great. You, you simply do multiple things. You simply do anything the best you can, period. You're not born great. You're not just the greatest at one thing, this and that. You simply do everything the best you can. Um, one of my favorite lines I always think of is, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. So just remember that. The way you do anything is the way you do everything. And apply that in every aspect of your life, in any aspect of your life. And be great today.